the fear of never going back and experiencing that wave again became greater than the fear of what might happen if something went wrong again. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was full-blown FOMO, really. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, friends. Happy summer. That was Kiala Kenley, arguably the best big wave surfer on the planet. And I didn't say female big wave surfer because Kiala is one of the only females to win the Pure Scott Barrel Award of the Year for her barrel in Chopu, Tahiti. This award made her the first female ever to win an open gender category, meaning guys, girls, she got the wave of the year. And from the conversation that we had, it sounded like ultimate perfection. I'm big mountain skier, Lindsay Dyer, and this is the Showing Up podcast. These are athlete-to-athlete conversations created to inspire the unicorn in you to embrace your weird, do the thing, even if you suck at it, and fully show up for this one wild and precious life. You might recognize Kiala from her cameo in the mainstream film Blue Crush as the badass surfer that encourages Kate Bodsworth to go for it. And then quietly, like, kicks her ass. (laughs) How awesome was that film? Come on. But Kiala deserves the mainstream fanfare with an SB nomination and the only female to be invited to the super prestigious Eddie Akau big wave event in Hawaii that only shows up when the waves are big enough. As you'll see, I am so excited to converse athlete to athlete with a big wave surfer and compare notes as I've always wondered, is giant wave riding comparable to big mountain skiing when you really face a dragon and dance with it? You'll hear all about it in the interview. I was lucky enough to meet Kiala at an event put on by my dear friend, kiteboarder, Susie Mai, who also introduced us to Sachi Cunningham, a California-based film producer who, after showing up in the water at Mavericks with only a handful of other females, decided to make an all-female big-wave surf film. The film is half-produced, it's insane, and they're still fundraising for it, and it's called She Change, and that interview will follow the Kiala one. Two other quick pieces of info before we start. There is a moment of swearing. I apologize, parents, but it's also very appropriately placed and you might get a kick out of it. Uh, But beware in case there are kids listening. And I also reference an injury of Kiala's that we don't necessarily explain well in the interview. Just to give it context, you should check this out on YouTube. There is a great piece about it. But Kiala took a fall in Tahiti that exposed her head to the reef and left her with a massive gash that uh, I had a similar experience as a skier practicing my Lincoln loops in Jackson, or sorry, in uh, Japan once, uh, which left me with a big gaping flap of skin similar to the same scar that Kiala has. So that's the reference that you'll hear us speak of. As you'll hear, there's also a bit of a weird tapping going on with the microphones in this interview. Not sure how that happened, but we were not able to take them out. It's a bit annoying, but it doesn't distract from an awesome interview. One of my all-time favorites. You will definitely get something good out of this one. Kiala's a legend and enjoy. Let's go. So we're um, at this really 
dope beachfront house in Kailua right now with an amazing view of the ocean and little islands and beautiful Oahu. It's um, pretty rad. Yeah, it's pretty rad. And we're about to watch, um, what I'm so excited, a, a little teaser of a film that you guys are um, are fundraising for. Is that safe to say? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an epic movie. Um, Sachi Cunningham has been working on this for years and years and years, you know, and she's just, like, poured her heart into it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the film to come out. She's got a lot of footage, but, you know, obviously it, it costs money to produce a, such a film so she's doing a little fundraiser for it and um yeah I think and you've been you've been one of those people she's been filming for the last four years yeah yeah I met Sachi um I met Sachi at Mavericks like the first time they ever had a an event for women at Mavericks it was like um this company called Wicker X did like this multimedia event um for women and held a big wave event um at Mavericks was that four years ago or before that um, it was before that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I want to say like 2000, 2000, like 12, maybe 13. Rad. Yeah. Yeah, it was really rad. We got this like, all of a sudden we got this like package in the mail with, um, with like an iPad and instructions. And it was very like 007. Like you opened it up Whoa. and it was like. You know, this is your Check iPad. yes or no. Yeah, no, it was very like, this is your mission if you choose to accept it kind. No yeah, and it was like, here's a GoPro, here's an iPad. You need to film all your big wave exploits and like load them up and make videos. And, and, um, and basically, you know, we're going to have a big wave event at the end of all this to, for, for the women at Mavericks, and it'll be the first one. And yeah. so it was a really, really cool event. Um, actually, I was the overall winner of that multimedia event, but they gave prizes away for multiple things, you know, like uh, biggest wave ridden during during the thing or, you know, best video made or, you know, it was, it was really cool. So what is it, forgive me for not knowing, but the difference between, like, anyone, you could ride at Mavericks anytime, right? Like, mm -hmm. what Yeah, was no, the, there's nothing that keeps you from. So when you get these invites, it's more of the contest that is part of the invite. Yeah, it's more like the thing I've kind of been um, pushing forward and kind of trying to pioneer for the women is there's just there just hasn't been events for women because you know I love big wave surfing I'm super passionate there about it but been there's a contest scene. there's 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 no there's been no events until like two years ago was like the first time they actually were there film so in skiing you know there's like there's there's the film side and then there's the contest side well we've had like um you know the xxl big wave awards that's yeah. been going on for over a decade like, right so have women been getting those parts um so there's always in the big wave awards they've included women pretty much pretty much from the first few they had like it was only men and then they they included women in that but really i mean the only um the only category that women could actually seem seem to win, I mean, we're, we were able to win all categories, but, you know, the men would just dominate most categories. We win women's performance. Okay. You know, I was the first woman that actually won what's considered like an open gender category because I won best barrel of the year. Per period, not men's Not or men women's. or women's, just best barrel. Best barrel. And yeah, it, yeah it's normally only ever I been. I remember reading that. Yeah. And I was so like, that, that was that really cool. That's incredible. Yeah, that that's was, fucking amazing. That was pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> wow. So that's you. been a um, something that's been on. It's like an ongoing competition, right? But it only happens once a year, and it's basically your performances 
over the course of the entire year. And so in order to have those performances, you need to chase swells. And in order to chase swells, you need money and sponsors support. and plane tickets. Yeah, you need yeah. the support. But it's kind of like a catch-22 because you the sponsors weren't pu- aren't putting money into it because there's no competitions for women, so they don't see a value. And, you know, you kind of almost have to have... It's like... It's they like a necessary. It's a necessary evil. It's like I don't necessarily love competitions. You know, I competed on the world championship tour for a lot of years. Like yeah. I got the competition bug out of my system. Yeah. But it's like you kind of need competitions. Like people, people need competitions to be able to compare other people to other people and say right. this person's better than that person. That therefore this one wins and this one. You know. So it's just like that's what gets sponsors and brands and and people pumping money into a sport, yeah. you know? So, I mean, it's not a unique question, but, like, how? What's your story of getting in, wanting to go ride the biggest waves in the world? You know, I grew up, I grew up on Kauai, mm-hmm. and I grew up with, like, a lot of really, amongst a lot of really gnarly big male surfing role models, like Laird Hamilton was my godfather, you know, um, mm-hmm. Titus Kinimaka, Kalal Alexander, and uh, I grew up like basically brother and sister with Andy and Bruce Irons. So, yeah, I remember that. you know, yeah. um, I was just like a little tomboy that was trying to like keep up with those guys and impress those guys. And so they seemed to be charging bigger and bigger waves. And so that was like just the thing the that got you. Well, that was the thing that got you respect. And I wanted their respect so bad. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah. And then obviously I was. I had a passion for it, or I was drawn to it, because no matter how bad you want somebody's respect, if, you're, if, it, if that kind of thing scares you too much, you're not going to do it. So, yeah. So, innately, I, there was something in me that was driving me towards that, but yeah, also. So, but you've also had your fair share of injuries, and um, I know with one, the big one on, oh, on I mean. Chofu? Chofu? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got that. Almost the exact same story that you had, I have it, is where I saw everybody else looking at me and their faces went white. And That's always a bad it's indicator. It's like, I wasn't scared, actually. <laughs> I mean, I was a little dazed. I wasn't scared until I saw somebody else look at me. And it's like... Samesies. And like, so you said you had a little PTSD. I don't think I ever totally came back from came that. Came back from that, did yeah. You, how did you deal with that? You know... <sighs> It took a while because that was a gnarly injury yeah. and it actually happened. Did you go on- see people? Did you get like, I've been looking for weird gurus and so, yeah. No, but like, you know, therapies and therapy, there's, there's yeah. been some cool ones, um, but I don't want to take too much time for that. Like well, tapping stuff. And- for me, um, I think it just, because yeah, that definitely rattled me. And, and anytime I surfed reef breaks, after that, of course, I was thinking about yeah. it. It was in the back of my yeah. head, you know, and I, I didn't go back to Tahiti for like, it took me like two years to go yeah. back there. But I think for me, it was like the fear of never going back and experiencing that wave again became greater than the fear of what might happen Love it. if something went wrong again. Love it. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was full-blown FOMO, really. Totally. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about your most favorite memory of like, I don't know. Have you felt perfection on a wave? I've felt yes. perfection once. How many times have you felt it? A, a couple times. Yeah. In Tahiti, in Tahiti, in Tahiti mostly. Will you just share that story? Um, or just that moment? You know, in Tahiti, it's like, it's such a magical place already. It's such a beautiful, like, 
spiritual, like, uplifting place already. You know, it's got so much mana. And then, you know, when you're towing in, it's like they take you out, way out beyond the break, you know, and it's generally, there's nobody, it's it, usually it's big enough that nobody's paddle surfing, so the break's relatively empty except for all the skis and people. Now it gets pretty crowded, but, you know, you're out, way out in the ocean, and you look back and you're just, you see all these, like, mountains and waterfalls and it's just so beautiful and so like I don't know your heart just feels like so expanded in that moment yeah. so it's just like such a like you're coming from such a pure place before you yeah, yeah you're just in such a like gratitude place like yeah, and then it's like and then, yeah and so you're just yeah. you're just in a really good place within yourself and then it's like you take the rope and mm. you know you're nervous and everything but like you feel so good and yeah that you get whipped in and you see this like huge wave just kind of like forming like looking down the line and just seeing this thing growing and it's just yeah. like so much energy and then you let go of the rope and you just get your line and like make sure everything's perfect and then you you're just inside this like huge cylinder Dragon. of of water and it's so beautiful and you feel you're so focused because you have to be yeah. because there's no other choice yeah. so you, it's like complete focus or, or or death yeah, yeah it's ultimate presence and in life, we're, we're all striving to, like, get to that place of ultimate presence. And nothing yeah. has gotten me there like that wave and that, that, that moment, that experience. Because you, like, literally feel fully connected to everything in the universe for, like, a split second. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, so per that's that. perfection on a wave. Oh, I'm with you. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, like, what's at stake? You know, I know what's at stake for me. People are like, how... How do you how do you do that? Like I guess in in those places like you're talking about, there the option of falling and all the danger it isn't there because because I mean for me and I'm curious if it is for you too, because you're in such a state of uh, of appreciation and you know you're prepared. I know for me like when I was in this spot that you are, I, I, there wasn't a fear. Mm -hmm. um, no, the fear actually comes before. Yeah, the anticipation. It's the anticipation. Actually, I find myself way more afraid when I'm actually tracking the swell yeah. and booking the flight. Oh, really? Yes. That's your most afraid. That's one of my most afraid moments, yeah, because it's like if I'm going to spend the money and go, then I know I'm going to go push myself over that ledge because wow. I'm not going to, like, spend the money and not go do something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to spend the money to sit in the channel and watch. So, like, at that point, I'm already making the decision to take the wave. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. Totally. So the decision's made, like... Do, do you have a way of... Um, <laughs> my friends and I were just in Alaska and we were kind of like, how do you stoke your psych yourself out? Just like you said, we're waiting on the top of these big lines mm. and, or it's a big air or whatever. And it's like, what do you say to yourself or, or, you know, what, how do you get yourself stoked? Well, the, the, the times in Tahiti when I've, when I've gotten the chance to tow in, it's like, I'm relying on other people's generosity because I'm borrowing like their ski, their driver. I don't, oh. I don't have my own ski. I don't have my own tow team, you know. So I've s literally so like you just really are in appreciation. Yeah, I've literally sat out there for like sometimes four, sometimes six hours, fully geared up, hoping somebody's gonna take a break and give me a shot, wow. kind of thing. And so I've had to, I've literally had to psych myself up so many times. I'm also like, I'm almost like emotionally exhausted by the end of it sure. because it's like I've sat there and I've watched guys get like the most incredible barrels and then I've seen guys just wipe out and get murdered and like oh he's dead you know so I've gone from like 
oh my god, that was sick. Like, oh, I want to do it. Like, somebody give me a rope. Like, so excited to like, oh, maybe I don't really want to do it. Oh, I'm good. What I'm just going to take five, guys. <laughs> no, no, don't throw the rope over here. You know, but then when they actually come and throw the rope, like, yeah. you have to be game on. Game on. Yeah. I mean, I literally watched uh, during that Code Red swell, I watched Bruce get his wave, thought he died, blew his trunks off. No. I watched Nathan get to his wave, was sure he was dead. No. You know what I mean? And so, like, I had to watch those waves and still find it in myself to then, like, take a rope after wa- witnessing those waves. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to psych yourself so, up. So what is it that, like you said, is it that thing... 51% says this is going to be sick and 49 says yeah so that 1% I've, I have felt that way so many times 50 51.07 says it's going to be more fun than it's going to be fucking scary you yeah. might die but you know what you might get the wave of your oh, life oh but you might <laughs> but you might like 51 yeah, that 1% yeah, yeah i totally get tip it. the scale yeah <laughs> been there um, so h- how did you grow up? Oh, you said that. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just hanging out in your, your, this Tahiti story. There's probably a rainbow in it. In my head, there's I'm a sure rainbow. I'm sure there was a double rainbow. Yeah, I'm sure there was too. Um, what other magic stories do you have? Have you, have you had any encounters with wildlife that, um, blew your mind or any special stories? Like Cole told me one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. Um, just like liquid glass at night, anything like that, that, that the average person wouldn't like maybe phosphorescence or so. I don't know. Um, man, I've been all over the world. I've seen some amazing, like surfing has taken me to uh, some amazing places and I've seen, I've witnessed all kinds of wildlife. I mean, I've been, you know, in Australia and seen kangaroos and koala bears and I've been to Africa and gotten to play with baby lions and, mm-hmm. you know, go see the animals in their habitat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Tell me about sponsorship. Like, how do you, how do you, as we all are hearing, um, so in big mountain skiing, I've got sponsors. Do you, uh, you do have sponsors, right? Mm-hmm. But we've been, zero. I have a whiskey sponsor. I have a whiskey sponsor because they sponsored the Barrel of the Year Award and they were so blown away that a chick won that they were like, okay, we'll sponsor you. But other than that, no sponsors, self, self sponsored. Wow. I used to have a ton of sponsors when I um, competed, that? but uh-huh. like I said, in, in women's big wave surfing, it's just not there yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've just... So do you hope this film will, will give it the opportunity to, for that to be a thing? Yeah, or? I think this film, I think just the women getting more events, and that's already happening, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, it just takes time for things to, to snowball. So yeah. I've been investing in myself, like buying last-minute flights on my credit card and stuff like that. And, wow. You know. Do you have like this picture of where you want to get to, or are you just like, I just... I'm just, you know, freestyling. <laughs> I don't like to, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, what is success to you then? Success is just like being happy and, um, you know, like fulfilling your goals, like proving things to yourself, not other people. So what's left on the... On the old bucket list. Man. Um, I'd like to win the, the big wave world title now that we have one. That's yeah. exciting. We've had yeah. like, we've had two now. And the first one I got injured. And the second one I broke my board and I got second. So I've, I've been really close. And I, I'm super psyched on Paige because mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. like one of my. We've all been watching all of you guys. Yeah, yeah. she's one of my best friends. And she's such a good surfer and so deserving. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to get one. All also. right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about the injuries we were talking downstairs about, like, we have this idea, I know I do as a skier, like, oh, surfing, like, 
it's just water. How how bad could it be? But like you ripped your face apart on the on the reef, yeah, and like and you said, the, you blew, the big you waves blew will your just tear. It. They'll tear your. There's just so much water. It's so violent, huh? It's violent. The wipeouts are violent, and you know. Yeah. So talk about what it is like to not make the drop in of a big wave. Oh, uh, you really want to make that drop? That's like the worst. Like I think that's the that's the. The, the hardest part of fear to overcome is the drop. Yeah. You know, once you make the drop, well, you can still get crushed, but for some reason, yeah. it's just like... Well, the very first time I ever caught a real wave, I couldn't believe no one ever said. It's literally like riding down a vertical mountain. Mm. No one had ever put it that way to me. I was like, I know what this is like, except at the bottom of it are these fucking sharks. <laughs> and reef and well, all kinds of weird things. That's what I meant. It's like, yeah. you're looking at the reef. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You can see it underwater sometimes too. Yeah. That'll trip you out. Yeah, or you exactly. Or you can't tell where the water ends and where the reef starts. Yeah, you either you either got murky water and you're like, okay, how shallow is it? Or Tahiti, where it's just like so clear, you're just like, oh my god, I can see it so clearly that I can like see all the little animals oh, yeah. in the reef, and I yeah. need to stop looking at that because I'm gonna like you 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 go where you look, yeah. and I'm gonna fall. And also, when the water moves across it, it's like it looks like it's moving, so that can throw you yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so talk about w what techniques you use when you are being held underwater for how many, like, what is, what is that like? like um, and how long is it really and all the things? It just, it just depends. It always feels like way longer than it is because, you know, I don't even know how long I can hold my breath, but I can definitely hold my breath in, in like a pool with not any moving water, mm -hmm. probably for over a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. But like. Put, put yourself in a violent wipeout situation where it feels like a bunch of people are just like... Trying to rip you apart. Try, like, and, try and, and try and hold your breath yeah. <laughs> at the same time. And know what way is up. And, and Yeah, yeah. There's, I've had some scary ones. Um, I had one in Tahiti. I've, see, Tahiti's just like... Tahiti's so, been the best and the worst. Exactly. It sounds me. like it's the... It, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. It's like the The most, best are also the most dangerous often. The, right? the most amazing, yeah. like, glorifying moments and also the most terrifying, feel like I'm going to die mm -hmm. moments. Yeah. Hey, if you have any questions I should ask so that she tells some rad stories, please. <laughs> please. Like, this is the best. Like, the, the first time I went to Tahiti, um, I went for a contest. This was, like, 1998. And... The the swell got really. This is before forecasting. We, you know, before we had like Surfline online, mm -hmm. and you could like really track a see forecast and know and what's that. going. Yeah, yeah, see the buoys and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, I had no idea how big it was. So I went out to like practice, you know, for the contest, and you know, I Tahiti from the beach. It's really hard to gauge how big it is because it could be two feet or twenty feet. You're so far away, it pretty much looks the same. Mm -hmm. So when I got out there, and I don't make this mistake anymore. I was so excited that I didn't just sit and wait to see what the sets were, like, you know, what was going on, mm -hmm. you know, how long in between sets, how big is it? You know, I saw one six-foot perfect wave peel down the reef, and I just grabbed my board and, like, jumped out there. Mm -hmm. Well, that little six-foot wave wasn't even a wave. That was, like, something that was breaking in between when the actual waves broke. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and so I got out there, and I paddled right next to, I think Shane Dorian was in the water, and I got out there, and Shane's like, Oh, KK charging, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. It's six foot. Wow, it's dope. Mm -hmm. And then next thing I like turn around and paddle for a wave that wasn't a wave. Oh shit. That didn't break. And when I turned around, oh no. I saw what the real waves were that day, and like the entire ocean oh, looked like God. it was standing up and about to like 
crush you. Crush me, yeah. yeah. And I just, I paddled, I was terrified. And I paddled out towards it and just barely got under as a lip came down on top of me and was able to just like throw my board and just barely get under the lip. But I literally, I got sucked up over the falls. Oh and this is before like vests. This is yeah. before any kind of flotation, anything. You know, I had board shorts and like a rash guard on, you know. And I got pinned down on the reef and held down for two wave hold down. Everybody thought I was dead. Mm-hmm. Board broken in three pieces. Didn't so know which way that, was up. Are, are you don't. You're oh, at that point I was. Board at that point I'm right? like life flashing before eyes. Yeah. Like saw family, friends, dogs. Like really thought I was gonna die. And then, at that point, like there was a break in the force of the water push holding me, and so right then I just kicked with all my might, like kicked the reef and got up and got a breath, and then another wave. And that one spun me around for a bit, but then I was able to get back up and get a breath, and then I, I grabbed my leash and, like, shaking. Just was losing just, it. Just so rattled. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you come back from that? Took me a year. <laughs> yeah, what did you do? What strategies do you have? Um, yeah. Time. They, it was just time, and then, you know, there was another contest going to be happening, and I knew that I knew that I'd liked that wave because I'd gotten to ride it, like, once before that big day, you know, I got to write on like a smaller day. So I knew it was killer and I'd seen photos of it. And I was just like, no, like I'm going to love this wave. Mm. I just need to like get over this fear. Desire. Yeah. It was just desire. desire. Yeah. Desire got me over it. So what's the ultimate desire? Is there like a, besides, you know, you've got that, that contest to win. Is there, is there anything else besides yeah, there's certain things I, I would like to do. Like, I want to get a big barrel at Puerto Escondido. Like, I would love to get a big barrel at Jaws. I've gotten one barrel at Jaws, but it was, like, kind of a funky one where, it like, clamshell. I want to get a big, like, open, gaping one. You know what I mean? Um, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I have, like, these little, these little goals, these little visions in my head, you know, yeah. um, that just take time and being in the right place at the right time and, yeah. you know, totally. just getting lucky, really. Yeah. So, you know, what, what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself at a time when she really needed it? Um, I guess I would say, you know, just don't give up. It, it's, it, it, it'll get better. Like, things come and go, you know. Um, in, the, in the low times, you think you're never going to win a contest again or you're never going to, like, be on top again, and this is never true. You just have to work hard, and you'll get back there. Hmm. I, would you, would you, do you see uh, some of the girls that you were in contest with before, like kind of looking at what you guys are doing and creating and considering coming that way? Yeah, I've actually seen it a lot. There's some girls um, that do the tour uh, or used to do the CT tour, like, um, like F- Fidelity Palmateer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but there's, there's been some girls that, there's been some women that, um, you know, have been competitive surfers going for the CT that are now kind of like have that passion and desire maybe to do the bigger wave thing and see what we're doing and are coming over and, yeah. and doing some of our events and stuff. Yeah. 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 How important is it for you, for, for girls on, on this side? Like, so I just had, um, a mom, it might've been a dad. I, they got me on Instagram and they're like, there's no posters of women doing rad stuff. And do you have any suggestions where I could find that for my daughter's wall? I'm well, just here's saying. the thing, you know, it's like, it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, in life and everything, it's just ebbs and flows, right? So 
Black, back in like the blue crush era. Sure. Okay. Sure. Good point. There was like women, all women's surf magazines. Yeah. Right, that, like right. I was on the cover. Of, yeah, I, 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 I used to be a cover girl on surf magazines doing cool surfing stuff. And yeah. now, and it's like once the economy collapsed, uh-huh. it's like all these companies reverted back to, oh, let's just go with what worked before, which is sex sells. And let's uh-huh. like just show ch- chicks in bikinis. bikinis and we can show dudes doing the cool surfy stuff, but girls definitely just show their butts. And also, when the economy goes down, budgets are the first thing to go. And that shows you the patriarchy there, where it's like, okay, if your budget's getting cut, well, let's just cut the girls' stuff. That's kind of what that looks like. Introduce yourself real quick. This is awesome. Oh, my name's Mariah. And? And? Oh, and what? Well, you're helping. You're producing. You're... <laughs> no, I'm just a friend, but yes. Yeah. Just a friend. Well, I'm a girlfriend. I'm her girlfriend. But yeah, that's a, that's but, 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 no, but no, no, no. She, I get it. Let's talk friend. about that. But she used she I, used to I be the, the she used to be the rep she used to be the rep for Volcom. So um, she has experience in that surf, re- surf industry. industry. But besides that, just as a woman in general, doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's always um, a bit of a bias. So I've worked in multiple different careers, and that just makes sense. It's something that looks blatant to me because in, let's say, um, liquor. So I have a background in liquor and marketing. I worked for Grand Marnier, and when September 11th happened, the first thing that happened was marketing budgets get cut. Now, it's not as bad now because social media, which is a whole, like, new, since the 90s, and that up and coming in 2000s, new media, right? So people do keep more money in it now. But the old premise is economy goes down, marketing gets cut, right? So you look at whatever industry you're in, but for her particular industry, which would be surfing, you see the economy went down and what got cut? A lot of the women's stuff. So they don't have extraneous. And what do they know that sells most is probably a little bit of booty and the cute girls. So let's get rid of the more extreme women is because they're going to focus their dollars on men. And even if you look at sponsorship, I'm pretty sure, relatively across the board, go look at their budgets. Ask to see any surf company's budget. How much is dedicated for the men's, how much is dedicated for women's. Can I also ask you, as as a marketing person, um, I once jumped off a 70-foot cliff, and I was really proud of that. It was really pushing the sport for women. Uh, and then um, I did a powder turn afterwards, and my, my sponsors used the powder turn in their media, in their advertising and all of it. Instead of, the- Instead of something that actually was like noteworthy and history-making. And I'm just wondering... As a marketing person, like, they kept saying, oh, well, women don't, um, no one can relate to that. It doesn't show the product. That, that was the reason they, cho- they didn't choose that stuff. And I'm just curious, from your knowledge, is that true? Okay. Or, or do we I, actually sell can, things from rad imagery? I can give you both on that one. I can see two different things happening there. If the, the powder turned at the bottom, there was a logo showing and things shot better, I could see them making that decision based solely on that. So I don't want to say it com- is a completely skewed misogyny or anything there. No, but then again, but, no the, but, then, okay, but then again, on the opposite side, I could definitely see them not wanting to give you that depending on who runs whatever company. I think there's definitely a threat. I mean, there's an obvious threat that men feel from women. Because you see it. You see it in what they call trolling online and all these angry, weird ways. Or even with Me Too movement, I've had people 
I've listened or seen people complain like, oh, women are blaming men and, and men being then angry and lashing out about that, which you'd think a, a, a real evolved man would be like, wow, other men are doing that. That's horrifying. I'm so sad that any woman had to deal with that. I'll be more. It's not to take a bunch of men to task. The whole thing for that to come out is it's a call to arms. It's to say, we need you. And I think that there's a And this has been that, happening and you might not know about it. I, yeah. And I think that just yeah. in, innately men feel threatened sometimes by women when they either become successful or so I could see maybe I don't know who was in that room that did marketing, but they may have their own biases against women and they feel like, hey, she's cute. She's just as that. Her butt might be facing the picture a little bit more and look roundy and Let's use this one, even no, though that a smiley was a face. Right? Also, they might ski themselves and might be super threatened that here's a chick taking a 70-foot jump, and I can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'll never know. I, and that's why I just, I'm always been wondering. I don't want to take you guys too much away from the party. No, um, okay. wh- what is your vision, you guys? Like, if in, in your ideal perfect world, what, what would it look like as an athlete? My ideal perfect world as an athlete is um, you get paid for for performance, like performance is rewarded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I feel like so many of the brands and the marketing is, um, okay, cool. So, so many of the brands and the marketing is, uh, you know, geared towards, like I said, like sex sells. And I think that, you know, female empowerment is such a better marketing strategy. And I feel like... How can we start to change it then? What do you think is the best way that we could? I personally kind of have a different weird view on that. I don't think there's anything so much wrong with sex at a certain point. Like, women's bodies are beautiful, women are beautiful, but that's not solely what we are. So it should be everything. If a woman's comfortable being in a bikini or an ad or whatever, great, but then don't... Leave don't, it at that. Don't minimize it. Don't right. be like... Like, I, I work in marketing, and I hire 20-year-old girls and mentor them. I've been a restaurant manager, and that's one of the things I try to tell women. Yeah, I'm working when you're a promotional, a promotional spokesmodel. Some people are just like, oh, TNA, TNA. But my teams didn't sell solely off of TNA. My girls sold because they're brilliant, they're smart, they're beautiful in spirit, inside, yeah. and they actually knew their brands. Okay. Were they attractive, Whole too? Package, yeah. But that's the other thing is you get this fight. You even have women that are putting down other women because yeah. well look she's dressed sexier this or that yeah. why can't we be all why all can't we things. be both we are okay We're so what advice would you have business people last question so you can go to the party and i don't get in trouble <laughs> what advice do you give to up-and-coming athletes or that people who want to show what they've got you know um yeah and i mean i don't know if it's great advice because i know there's a, a lot of people that have probably made a lot more money than me but my advice to anybody is just be yourself and stay true to who you are and you know the money will come maybe it won't be like as much as other people but if you're true to yourself you're going to be happy because and you're doing what you love because you're doing what you love and yeah you're being genuine so cool well let's go raise some money for your movie yeah what's it called where can people find it change uh she change thanks so much for listening friends if you enjoyed this conversation give us a review on itunes help spread the word and make sure to subscribe on the next episode i'll share my sit down with sachi cunningham the director of the up-and-coming all-female big wave surf film she change until then see you in the mountains unicorns